Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. Your mic's all bubbly again. Oh no, it wasn't this whole time. We've been talking for like seven hours. It's good now, so if you just if you just lean into it the whole time and like record like ASMR. Like creepiness. I'm Courtney. Um Speaking of creepiness, um, how are you? (sighs) I forgot about this part of the show. Um, (laughs) I don't know how I am, obviously. Um, I'm fine, I guess. Um, I went to the Bills game last week and I was not fine. I have lost both. Well, I lost last week and I will likely lose this week because all I have left Mm. is the Panthers defense. So, I don't think it's going to be enough to make up for this weekend. Um, so, football's not doing it for me right now, which is fine, I guess. Uh, but I did go see a movie yesterday that was fun. I don't know, those of you who have an Alamo draft house around you, they do this thing called Fantastic Fest. Um, and they, like... I don't know the full concept of it so i'm just going to tell you what i think it is it seems to me (laughs) that they like premiere all of these like indie films um all in one week and it's very like curated and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and some of them have q a's and all this different stuff mine didn't have any of that but i went and saw it's called uh satanic hispanic and it is a story of it has like some hispanic folklore and it's like an almost an anthology. It's a guy who's telling you five different stories about what happened, like how he got here, essentially. Yeah. Um, some of them were good. Some of them were not, as you do. Um, I'm not really sure where we fall in anthologies. I'd like, I want to like them. I like the concept. Yeah. Because I like like a, a book of short stories. Right. 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 Most of them fall flat for me though. But this one was this one was fine. It was fine. So if you want to watch it, go for it. There's one story that was very gory and I did not enjoy. But other than that, it's fine. Um, Yeah, so that's how I am all over the place. But here, how are you? Um, I am tired of shit. Uh, I don't know how I sound on the podcast, but um, I have my annual first week of school sore throat. Um, It's lovely. Um, but you don't sound like you have a sore throat. <laughs> you do sound a little tired, though. Oh, okay. I I'm in pain talking, um, but it's totally fine. I um I worked like thirty hours at Shays since Thursday. Like on top of the fact that it's the first week of school. Um. So it's been it's been a week. Um. But we're. At Shay's, most of the time I was working was on a local production of The Color Purple, which has been phenomenal. If you are in the Buffalo area or are going to be in the Buffalo area anytime before the end of of September, you have to see The Color Purple. It is beautiful. They're doing a remake of the movie? Is that what's happening? I was like, I, I was like, there's other news I've heard about the color purple mm. recently. But yeah, the show's stunning. Um, but one of so most of those days I was there, but I also <clears throat> had an unnecessarily long desk shift. Um, because on we on Saturday because we were teching. You were there the whole day. You talked to me. You were there, and I was yeah, like, How are you there at a, eight a.m. and at nine p.m.? It was a it was a ten hour shift. Um, and it's a tech shift, so there wasn't a show, so there was nothing for me to do. I literally just had to sit there for 10 hours. But it was lovely because it was one of the first days that the cast was there. So people were filtering in and getting used to signing up and everything. And I met someone who, in my mind, is, like, famous, but also, like, I'm weirdly obsessed with Broadway people, and so, like, I think everyone on Broadway is famous, and then I remember that, like, most of them could walk through a supermarket on a normal Tuesday, and they would barely make a living wage and walk through a supermarket on a Tuesday, and no one (laughs) would know who they are, Um, Mm -hmm. but Rob McClure. I love him. 
I love him. I love him so much. I was like freaking out. I was trying to explain all his like his Tony nominations to Dan and like what he did and who he is. And he was like, okay. So, yeah. Um, he is obviously continuing his role in Mrs. Doubtfire for the national tour. And he mm-hmm. was like just so kind and like genuine and humble and like as excited to be there and know the local people as we were to have him there and he just like is the greatest person and i uh, i adore him like i was I never already got to see the show but i told you they did their closing party at the bar yeah and so i met him but it was the party that i was worked for two hours and didn't make any money and was really pissed off but it was fine it was so nice to meet yeah. the cast yeah <laughs> Um, well, and the color purple was also great with New York connections because my friend Raphael, who is the um, who's hair and makeup on Some Like It Hot, living in New York, he came back to do hair and makeup for this show, so he was here for opening. Oh, so I got to see him. That's my, so nice. My love. So um, I had some some Broadway love this weekend, and that made it a little bit better. <laughs> I also want to say, speaking of like walking by people and not noticing, this is not just a Broadway star. She is like a real person star. Um, oh, but I was walking down the street yesterday or day before i don't know like friday or thursday getting my lunch and me and noelle were talking and uh i was like i had turned my head and i was saying something to her about she goes vanessa williams and i was like what <laughs> like why are you just saying this out of nowhere she's like how's vanessa williams and i was like oh and like she knew her because she worked on potus for a while and so like she got to know her, but i was just like did not know and like almost bumped elbows with her and didn't notice her and like I'm just um, oblivious to the world. Though. It's like, so funny because I was actually talking about Vanessa Williams yesterday. Because <laughs> yesterday was Doug's birthday. And so in honor of Doug's birthday, um, Dan and I started listing off every significant event that has happened on September 17th for the history of the world. And Vanessa Williams was crowned the first Black Miss America on September 17th. Um, oh. So I was literally just talking about Vanessa Williams yesterday. I love her. Me too. And that happy birthday, Doug. <laughs> but also we love Vanessa Williams so yeah it's fine it's fine um, um but then we the funny thing was a lot of Broadway love the funny thing was we started with like good things that happened on September 17th and then just like progressively started talking about like every tragic thing <laughs> like every like plane explosion every war battle every awful thing and then I go oh my god it's Patrick Mahomes birthday and that was the winner <laughs> that was the winner for the worst thing that happened on September 17th well you know you know <laughs> is what it is oh i forgot to check did jacksonville pull it out yesterday i don't think they did i don't know i was watching satanic hispanic and then i went to bed (laughs) i don't have any answers for you they did not i really wanted patrick mahomes to lose for his birthday but he didn't Um, would have been would have been nice unfortunate but yeah um things that aren't unfortunate is uh Stargate, obviously. But so, um, Stargate. Do you not want me to spiritually uplift you? Oh my God. You were giving me a really good segue into that. I was. That would have been such a good segue. And then I just (laughs) fucked it all up. Um, Threw it all away. (laughs) I threw away the best segue I've ever had. Um, But yeah, according to Liz, none of that happened. um, You know (laughs) what? Oh, I don't even remember what I said to like redo this the side way. God damn it. Um, just spiritually enlighten me before I ruin anything else. This is short but sweet and what we all need to hear today. This is anything but easy, but you are anything but weak. I love that. Yes, me too, me too. Um I also love Stargate. <laughs> Back I do also segues. love Stargate. That was, a, that was we'll, we'll go there now, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> That's I guess. Next. <laughs> um, so Stargate SG One, season four, episode ten, beneath the surface. Um, before I talk about this episode, I want to tell you that I gave you the best sneak peek of this episode last week. I with, feel like we with, haven't talked in seven weeks, so I don't know what you yeah. said. Because what I said gave you no hints, but it also gave you all of the hints. Because I said I have no memories of this episode. That is because, excellent. Because That's I am correct. such an asshole. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, my first impression of this episode, I did not go there. I was not sure if they were in a cult or in a bunker. So that is, I was, um, I literally rewound the first two parts of this episode and watched it again. <laughs> like I don't, I don't great. I watched the first couple minutes twice because I started watching the episode um at work and then I didn't finish it. So then when I rewatched it with Dan, I just started the episode over. Um and I had literally been like, Hey Doug, I'm watching the episode where they have no memory and they're um in the dome camp. And Doug was like, Oh yeah. That's a great one, but I'm glad you prefaced it because um, they have no memory is not necessarily a giveaway on the show of what episode you're talking about. <laughs> and so then we start watching the episode and Dan was like, where are they? What are they doing? Oh, wait, no, they have no memory. They don't know either. Never mind. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this episode was rated 7.4 stars. Um, Okay. I don't disagree. I mean, I I like it, but I also think it was not. I like it, but I think I'm still, are we, you're going to say this in 30 seconds, but are we still with the same writers that are like the new writers that are going in? No, we are not. Because it feels like, like everything has just felt so out of place the last like three or four episodes. So I'm like, maybe I'm just still adjusting. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Um, Unfortunately, that is not the actual reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just kind of weird. Um, so this episode came out on Friday, September 1st, 2000. And I think somehow I just realized we've been talking about the 90s and 2000s. But now that I'm writing September 2000 and writing it out, I'm realizing that this is older than 9-11. Yep. And that was a weird, weird thing in my brain. Um, um, because it will get weirder for me in a second. Um, the same movie, song, and book were all number one. So that didn't change. Great. But the on this day, September 1st, 2000 was the day the Nokia 3310 was released. Mm-hmm. For those well, of you. Grateful. For, for those of you who are not old as dirt, um, the Nokia 3310 is what people commonly refer to as the brick. It is one of the first cell phones and it was quite literally a, a small brick. It was the first phone that I learned I had addiction to phone games on. Yeah. It only had T9 texting. And the games that it did have were like Snake. Snake. And Pong. Just Snake. Did it not, I didn't mine it, had Pong. Mine I don't know if, had Pong. I don't know if mine had Pong either. No, it might have just had Snake. I think mine, ju- mine just had Snake. Yeah. But I did get an iPod like within that time frame, maybe like what, like eight years later? Yeah, I guess within that time frame, but it feels like yeah, all old technology now. Um, um, no, I my that was my house phone. Like we switched from a landline to having a cell phone as a house phone, so that also like if we went somewhere, like we could like one of the kids before we had cell phones, we could have like a way to communicate with our parents. So the Nokia thirty three ten was my house phone. That's genius. We still have a house phone. We still have a landline in my parents. Um. It's also the phone number that was our house phone number when my sister got her cell phone. Um, we just gave her that one. So she <laughs> has the same number. So I will never forget her number because it used to be my house number. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are old as dirt. Just great. in case Love it. we hadn't thought about that this week. In case we hadn't had an existential crisis this week. Um, this episode was directed by Peter DeLuise. It was written by Heather E. Ash, who is not new, but we haven't talked about her in a long time. She wrote three episodes in season three. Okay, but I think I also do her from something else. Um, I did I not write which episodes she wrote. Um, so there may be an author who has a similar name. Maybe. I was like, if you give me one second and I look at her um, her stuff because I did not write down which episodes she wrote. Um, 
Also, while you're looking for that, I really like the top of your top. I don't know what your whole top Thanks. looks like. It's a dress. It's a skater dress. Mm. I love it. I love it more now. It's my favorite. Um, she wrote, oh, no, she the, the season three episodes that she wrote, we talked a lot about because she wrote Learning Curve, um, Foothold, and New Ground. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I remember her so much. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, and and it was edited by Rick Martin, so no one knew there. Um, and the guest star that we are going to talk about is uh, Allison Matthews, who played Brenna. Um, she was known for Snow Dogs, Final Destination 2, and the Stargate best one. S- and Stargate SG-1. So, like, Amazing. That's all she really needs, though. I mean, right. like, what what else do you need in life? No, no, um, nothing. Final Destination two, sci-fi and family friendly. You have got correct. all of the genres. Final Destination two is the log one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, worst movie I've ever seen, and not by not that it's a bad movie. It's just that it has made the most impact on me in my entire life ever because there is not a thing in life I think like- about more. 90 percent sure because i think the third one is the roller coaster one and i think the second one is the log one and the first one was a little more low-key because they didn't know what they were doing (laughs) right no but the the logs falling off the truck is something that i think about more often than just about anything else in my entire life everything every time i'm behind a log truck if i see a log truck on a road it's what i think of like yeah every movie did not know what it was doing at the time no it was it was called or also it probably did because I are these people probably already had that fear. They're like, get ready, rest of the world. Do I do um, think Final Destination films were just a bunch of people being like, what is the most irrational fear I have? Let's also give everyone yeah. that irrational fear. I mean, I also have had fears with tanning beds because of Final Destination. Like yeah. that, like I was concerned I was going to get burned alive. I had to figure out how to prop it to make sure that I wasn't going to die. I never died in a tanning bed, obviously. Obviously. Um, you know, and you're more likely to get cancer than die by being crushed and closed in one. But it was pretty terrifying. Um, although I will say my fear of Final Destination with the log is now worse because of the fact that um something did fly off of someone's car and hit me three yeah. weeks ago. So um it was a piece of plastic and all it did was break the light bulb of my turn signal. Um but now that that has happened but now you know it could happen yeah now that it's happened well i'm screwed i will die ma'am we're gonna have to cover final destination one <laughs> podcast it's one oh of my, my favorites oh my god um <clears throat> most of what she does hello back to Alison matthews most of what she does is actually the english dubs for anime um when i first saw her name i was like she looks super familiar um and it's really just because of hey i'm 90% sure she's been at a con that I've been at and I didn't know who she was because she does a lot. So. She does a lot of voiceover work for anime. So I'm sure she's Anyone, been at a con. like that stands out. Yeah. Um, oh, this ones that she said, she, <laughs> that was oh, a question. Uh, it was a question. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, what was the one? Um, there was one that I saw and I knew the name and then I didn't write it down because I hadn't watched it. Um, what? my oh, friend shit. um met the woman who voiced ash ketchum and mm, he was nice. at the con he it was like on jamie's birthday and so they had him they had he called jamie and had her like say happy birthday in ash's voice or sing happy birthday or something in ash's voice and it's like still at, at least like last time i checked it was still on his voicemails from like years ago nice um, Mobile Suit Gundam, Inuyasha, and um, I used to love Inuyasha and Ghost in the Shell. Did she do the main girl character on Inuyasha? Um, no, she was in three episodes of Inuyasha. Oh, that's um, funny. she was Galaxy Angel was a big one she did. Um, but mm-hmm. like I said, um, but also I apparently didn't look at her IMD very be very closely when I did this because mm-hmm. she was in fact in one episode of Bates Motel. What did um, she, she play? She played a doctor in season four. Well, the se- just, and, there's no way to know. Exactly. In the season four finale, she played a doctor. 
So I don't know. No, no way to know. No, exactly. That means nothing. She's done it all. She's yeah. incredible. I love um, her. She also did a lot of stage work. And she is the head acting coach at the Bard in the Beach Shakespeare Festival in Vancouver. Um, nice, nice. I could not find a, any social media for her because, fun fact, um, Allison Matthews is apparently the most common name, um, but everyone spells it. <laughs> so, like, hers is one L in Allison and two T's in Matthews. But um, there's any combination of the spelling of those two words, there is an Allison Matthews. Um, Great. So, it was not, I could not find her online. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. But... We start this episode with a bunch of guys waking up in some kind of camp around fires, and all of SG-1 appears to be there. But um, as of yet, we have no idea what is happening. Um, and then a lady appears on a balcony and says that they will have energy for two months because of their work. And she says that the planet is covered in ice, but one day they will reclaim their place on the surface. You know, that makes sense. Not a very Kimmy Schmidt of them. <laughs> right. It it was, it was, I think um, the only thing. It's almost thing, like, is it cult or bunker? Like, <laughs> I know. Right. I was say, I think the only thing we talked about this uh, season being a little all over the place in terms of what their through lines were, but there is one through line and that is cult references. Because every episode we've been like, that's a little culty. Um, yeah. Maybe they were all like in the process of joining Scientology this season, and then they like or, break out of it before. Or maybe um, they all like lost family members to Scientology and were trying to like mm. explain what a cult was to their families. Yeah, but subtly. Yeah. Right. Hmm. No way to know, but that's what I'm going to say now. I love that I just said that, like, Scientology was, like, cancer or something. I was like, they lost family members <laughs> to Scientology. <laughs> well, it's like the wine and crime gals. They say, I've fallen pregnant. <laughs> I get pregnant. Well. <laughs> it's a disease. <laughs> I mean, I could get behind it. That's how I would feel if I fell pregnant. I mean, I guess it... <laughs> grammatically if you use fallen in the same way that you would for like i've fallen ill like yeah mm -hmm. if you're using fallen as a synonym for like a change in your body then yes you would fall pregnant that is hmm. i've been on a weird linguistics kick lately which has a lot to do with my <laughs> classes yeah. but then I also went into a deep dive while watching this episode um on reddit about why Daniel Jackson doesn't pronounce gold correctly. And why is that? Well, from ever from everything that I can see on Reddit, and this is not substantiated in the show itself, but it does make sense. Um, when he is speaking gold, he says it correctly. Like, when he's speaking um, Jaffa, like, the language that yeah. has that word in it, he says it correctly. When he's speaking English, he doesn't. And it has to do with the fact that English doesn't like hiatus. There aren't words in English with that space between vowel sounds. It is a weird linguistic thing. Like the dialect is different for English-speaking people than it is yes. for... So, um, yeah, so because we don't in in English, we don't have words that have that mm -hmm. that space, and that's why so many people have like problem like trouble pronouncing correctly like African American names where there is that hiatus between vowels mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and someone was talking about like a real life example would be the fact that like when you are speaking to someone in English, you don't change the pronunciation of like Chinese city names to be the correct mm -hmm. Chinese pronunciation, and it is not. Or, like, the fact that you don't, unless you're a pretentious asshole, you don't call Paris, Paris, every time you say it, even though that's the correct way to say that word. So, it was just talking about the linguistics of, like, blending foreign words into English rather than, like, isolating them as foreign words and how that, like, linguistically actually makes more sense than him stopping to pronounce it correctly every time. Interesting. 
And so I was going off on this whole thing because this my past this past week's lesson for my um um my TESOL classes was about language acquisition. And so like I was like all in my brain about it. And the whole time I'm reading all of this data like out loud to Dan, he was having the same thought. And then I said it out loud and he laughed because he was having the same thought, but then didn't say it because he didn't want to interrupt my flow. But all he, uh, both of us could think about was um, at least Daniel doesn't pronounce it the way Hammond does. The gould. That's true. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, Hammond of Texas, though, if you took, if you asked someone in Texas, that's how they would say it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, I'm just but, how words are. Yeah. That was your linguistics lesson for the week um i like it uh oh the team is in line for slop um i also was watching big brother right before i watched this so that's why i called it slop apparently um and sam asks for bread um this girl kagan clearly does not like her and it causes a whole conundrum and Jack attacks her for red. But the weird part is Daniel calls him Jonah. Yep. yep. Teal'c breaks up the fight between Jack and Daniel and starts yelling at Jack for not remembering who they are and saying that they have to remember. And Brenna comes down from the balcony and sends Teal'c away and says that he has night sickness and tells and makes Kagan give Thera her bread. And then Jonah apologizes to Brenna for this whole situation and says, it is my honor to serve. And then we get the credits. And nothing makes sense. <clears throat> nothing makes sense. Um, that was one of the weirdest openings um because usually when we get a weird opening we even if the characters don't know what's going on we have like some semblance of Mm -hmm. the story yes we have nothing um and then after the credits it's now five days later so that's great. Um, and Daniel, whose uh, name in this weird world is Carlin, um, is getting a tutorial from Kagan on some new technology pressure valve thing. Also, I am sure this isn't why they did this. Yeah. But Daniel Jackson is the linguist. Yeah. And um, George Carlin. <laughs> It's, it's known for his four-letter words. So, I feels appropriate. I'm so curious where they got these names from because um, one of the four of their names is a trivia fact, but the other three, no idea. Is it is it George Carlin? It is not George Carlin. That, I think, is a valid... Um, theory because it is funny and it checks out and the time period would line up. Not that George Carlin did four letter words in 2000, but like that. No, no, but it was talked about a lot still in 2000. Yeah. Um, And Jonah is just like close to Jack, but like they clearly didn't just like go close to it because no one else's name makes any sense. So like, I don't know who Jonah and Farah are. Because I'll tell you the Maybe the name Jonah, that, like in the belly of the well. That's what I thought too. But what 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 that have to do with this episode? He broke out. Jack helped them break out. I don't know. That is a very oh, loose connection. Look, <laughs> Thera Theraflu. What does that have to do with Sam? Oh my Nothing. god, I I could use some Theraflu right now. Holy crap! <laughs> um, but I'll probably uh, could too, and I'm not sick right now. I though in life. When you stopped and said, hold on, I want to talk for a second, I thought you were going to take this opportunity to say the exact same thing that Dan said to me at this moment in the episode. <laughs> and that was that, of course, Daniel has another girl. 
I did not. I did not because I was so thrown off by what was happening that it yeah. didn't it didn't come to me. Yeah, no. Um as he was standing there with his girl, Dan just goes, Of course. Why why wouldn't why wouldn't this be how that works? Yes. But that is a fair observation. Yeah. Um but so he sees Teal um, coming down from the balcony and asks about him and we get some backstory and Kagan explains that night sickness makes people go crazy. Um, and that one guy got um, this one guy like freaked out so much that he tried to break out through the ceiling and Daniel just goes, did it work? valid question right and she was like no if it had we'd all be dead because we're trapped under the ice that right. did work i bet he did get out and he was just like screw you guys no one believes me i'm out yeah um and now that so now that he's back from his treatment um teal uh seems to have no memory of jack or their altercation like um, Jack gets nervous when Teal walks by him and Teal doesn't even seem to like recognize him at all. Um, then one of the machines starts to blow up and Sam like freaks out and fixes it and then tells Brenna that she thinks she knows a way to make um, all of their valves more stable and like wants to help get the work done. And Brenna tells her to come by her office a little bit later to talk about technology. Because even with no memory, Sam is still able to, like, solve all of the problems. Um, that seems to be a consistency and um, not just Stargate, yeah. but other things. You lose all your memory, but you remember everything you were taught. Even if you don't remember who you were. Yeah. I hate that concept. Me too. It bothers me every time. Because I don't think that that's how the brain works mm -hmm. i understand like language maybe and, like motor motor skills are separate like that right. i can follow but you and, can like learn maybe everything you've trained but not remember how you know it like right like maybe like baseline intelligence like someone who is has a sure. general iq higher iq is going to have a higher baseline intelligence level um and probably pick skills up faster, but you're not just gonna like sure. know everything. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So that's always my complaint every time this happens. And it happens all the time. <laughs> and it is not the first time it's happened here either, because that no, happened. It's not. <laughs> it happened with um what's her name? The destroyer of worlds and mm -hmm. all of her mm -hmm. science and everything. She clear she supposedly had no idea who she was, but she knew all of the science everything else yeah everything mm -hmm. yep. um um so sam and jack are flirting a little bit um and like but like weirdly flirting by talking about being workaholics um so weird i mean which, that's probably how i flirt too but like still. i was gonna say which the only thing that made it weirder was the fact that i think that dan and i definitely had that same conversation before we were dating at work <laughs> so that's weird um but um, but uh kagan talks to daniel about like jack and sam and how they think they're better than everyone and like how she doesn't like them and daniel can't stop thinking about how teal said that they were like friends and now he's like obsessed with trying to figure out why he knows them or how he knows them um, and Kagan's like, yeah, but Teal's not even his name. His name is Tor. Like he is, um, he, he had the night sickness. Nothing he said means anything. And that is where the trivia comes in because the senior story editor, um, for Stargate is Tor Alexander Valenza. Oh, yeah. I went to a lot of different places for tour. There's the tour publisher, there's tour website, no. there's like I went so many places, but yes, yours makes the most sense. <laughs> <laughs> um then we go back to SGC for the first time in this episode, which feels very late in the episode. I don't think it actually was. I think it was only like eight minutes in, but it felt it very was. late. Because when we got to SGC is when I restarted the episode and I was like, and it was eight minutes and twenty-six seconds in. 
I was like, we're just going to watch that again. (laughs) Yeah. So um, about eight, which I guess is a fifth of the episode. If you think about it, it's a 40-minute episode. Eight minutes is Mm -hmm. a fifth of the episode. So yeah, that is a significant portion to finally have an answer. Um, Mm -hmm. But so back at SGC, um, Sergeant Harriman and General Hammond are using a video link to talk to um, who they call Administrator Calder. Um, And Administrator Calder is saying that SG-1 went out to explore a glacier and they can't find them. Um, Sorry. And he says that uh, Sam wanted to do some science research and Jack was uh, overly... What is the word that he used? Overly confident that they would be able to survive the conditions, which almost sounds like he's correctly identifying Jack and Sam's personalities. So, uh, if like I don't... those are their personalities, but they're also like realistic, and this was not a realistic like move for them. Yeah. Um. I don't know if we're supposed to ever believe him because like, obviously we just saw right. them. Obviously we don't. Um, right. We don't, but it, he says it in a way where like they try to convince you for like 28 seconds that you're supposed to think this guy is not the bad guy, but he obviously is. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, at first when he first came on, I was like, is did they like go to explore this glacier and go underneath and find the bunker and someone like poisoned them there like racing memories there and i was like so maybe this guy wasn't there but it was about Mm. i don't know three and a half seconds that i believe that but i like just tried to piece it together based on what he was saying and i was like no he's in charge here like yeah um so then once he hangs up with as you see, we see Administrator Calder um, tell his assistant that he wants to see Brenna so that he can find out how the new workers are doing. Um, then <clears throat> da- that night, Daniel has a weird dream um, where Jack is telling him to go through the Stargate and Kagan is telling him not to, and he is just, like, staring at the Stargate in awe, and then he wakes up. Um, and... Weird dreams this week. Uh, then we see Hammond on the video call again, but this time he is with Captain Griff, who is not Captain Griff. I wrote Captain Griff because two episodes ago he was Captain Griff, but apparently... In the interim, where we did not see him for two episodes, he got a promotion because now he's a major, and I want to know when that happened. These are the kind of plot holes. That... Sorry, I just knocked an empty pop bottle over. These are the plot holes that upset me. Not, not the things that are like relevant, like Sam's fading in and out of her gut powers. <laughs> I want to know why Captain Griff got a promotion and no one told me. Right, right. Um, well, so, that's major a very valid question. This this man who's been in literally two episodes and is completely irrelevant to the plot, his promotion status affects me. Um, I need to figure out his promotion status because I would like to apply it to my own life where I do two days of work, disappear, and then come back and get a promotion. Yeah, no valid. I would like that. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Um, but so Hammond is talking to Major Griff and they're stuck in a snowstorm and they were like, there's no way we can go any farther. Like, we have to go back. We can't find them. Um, <clears throat> then we're back in the bunker and Daniel is asking Teal about all kinds of things. And Daniel is being the most Daniel and there's not a like ounce of slyness or subtlety in anything he's saying he's like what's that on your forehead why are you wrapped up what's your name what are we doing here who am i who are you um until it's like too much like i like daniel as a character on this show and i like him even more when he doesn't wear his glasses but i would have killed him right then i would have just 
full cult bunker yeah. mentality, turn around with something sharp and just yeah. stabbed him. Yeah, no, it um which it honestly is surprising that Teal doesn't. Um Teal just goes, I don't know you. Do not talk to me. <laughs> That's the correct response. I, I get yeah. it. That's the correct response, but yeah. I'm um, I'm incapable of that response, I believe. Fair enough. Um I don't know that I don't know that I would have either of those responses. <laughs> I think I would just get awkward and uncomfortable and leave. Like I theoretically am a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. And like when I'm in my territory, like in my classroom on the podcast, in my relationship, when I know what I'm doing, I am so confident. If a strange man I didn't know walked up to me and started asking me questions, I would genuinely crumple. See, that's how it would be in my regular daily life. But, like, in bunker life, that feels different. That's true. I feel true. like Maybe. I would, like, like, you know, fight or flight would be your option mm-hmm. in bunker. Because, you know, like, these people you live with every day. That's true. And I feel like I'd be a little more, like, feral. Yeah, I can see that. Um, then... Kagan gets mad at Daniel for talking to him. And she's like, um, Daniel's like, yeah, but I've been having these weird dreams and I think they might mean something. And I think I'm, he might have been right. And then we might actually be friends with them. She goes, if you're friends with them, I don't want to be friends with you because they suck and I hate them. Yes, exactly. I was like, okay. But also like, she sucks. Yeah. I was like, way to give him an ultimatum and you're not even his real girlfriend. And you don't even know his real name. Um, and she's like if people hear if the wrong people hear what you're saying right now they're gonna think you have night sickness and he's like who are the wrong people she's like I mean I would never but yes you would you just said like you're starting the rumor now you are the Regina George of this group um, up in Administrator Calder's room, he asks Brenna why the memory stamp didn't work on Teal'c. And she was like, well, because, like, he's not the same species as everyone else. Like, I don't, obviously. It's just um, how the mm. science works. Yeah. And then she's like, but, like, Sam has these great ideas about, like, how we could make everything more efficient and make the, like, the like mines or whatever safer, the plant safer. And he... If you if he wasn't in his villain era before, he's like, um, no, because um, you need to cut out this radical thinking. The workers are the workers, and the city people are the city people, and the city people would never allow their lifestyles to be hampered by your dirty, dirty people. Very Hunger Games with him, right? Uh, Hunger Games all the way. With I'm comparing this to every pop culture reference I've ever known in my life. Apparently, yeah. so well. I mean, because there are two else I can find. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was very Hunger Games of him, and that's exactly what I thought of as well. Um, <clears throat> so then, back in her office, Brenna tells Sam that um, they won't be using any of her ideas, and that she is not paid to have ideas, basically. Um, and then stab Sam, her. Yeah, Sam was like, "I swear, you were just happy about this." She goes, "Well, I was wrong." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, that's suspicious. Um, Brenna clearly needed our spiritual guidance today. Clearly. Brenna, you are not weak. You can do this. <clears throat> um, And then Sam vents to Jack about how this is so stupid and she's so mad at Brenna and he's just like, well why don't you just go up there and like give her like a tiny nugget and like warm her up and do like one piece at a time. Like nobody needs to change the world 180 degrees in one day. And she's just like, why are you so calm all the time? And he's like, well, in another life, I think I handled explosives. Um, (laughs) And she was like, in another light. And he goes, I don't know. It's just an expression. To be fair, <clears throat> I come up with the most random expressions a lot of times when I speak. Yeah. They just come from nowhere. So, like, and also, even like, if it weren't a real expression, I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Right. Um, but also, like, in another life, 
I don't know how that's not just an expression. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, why are you questioning someone to say that? Right. Like, they're later when they start questioning things, they're legitimate things to question. But, sure. like, this one was weird to me that they right. questioned it. She was like, what do you mean by that? It means that, I don't know, like, I'm cool under pressure. Like, the <laughs> fucking metaphor. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um. Um. Oh, then we go back to SGC and the ice exploring team comes back and Major Grift is like talking to General Hammond and General Hammond's like off the record what is going on. He goes, off the record, Administrator Calder is a damn liar and I don't buy for a fucking second that Jack would have ever walked into the ice. He goes, first of all, I cannot begin to understand what Major Carter or Dr. Jackson would have wanted to explore. But I also know Colonel O'Neill well enough to tell you not fucking enough. fat chance in hell that he did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you get it, Major. That's why he's Major now. Yes. That is that in and of itself is why he had a promotion, even though the promotion happened mm-hmm. first. Doesn't matter. They knew. Yeah, they knew. They gained um, future memories when all SG one lost their past memories. Right, that's how, that's how that. Mm-hmm. Um. Then back in the plant, in the plant, Daniel tells Kagan that he is still convinced that Jonah and Thera were actually his friends. And oh, this is when she was like, "I don't want to have anything to do with you if you're friends with them," because I'm a dick. Um. And then, Teal just decides. He's going to blow up the plant. <laughs> wasn't a hundred baby. I wasn't a hundred percent sure what the choice <laughs> on that one was. Who knows? So, um, then SG one gets to work to fix the problem and save the day. Like they always do. Um, Sam and Jack and Daniel just immediately split up and do all the right things and save the plant. Um, then, in what is definitely the most President Snow's thing I've ever seen, mm-hmm. um, Brenna's like, thank you so much for saving the day. We're all so indebted to you. We will still not be using any of your ideas. Fuck the plan. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, so then Daniel's like, hey... I think that Teal guy might have been on to something um, because I just feel like there's more to me than this. I feel like we're meant to do something bigger. And Jack's like, like what? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, bigger than save the planet? Like, I don't don't understand. Um, And then Daniel starts to tell them about his dream. And Sam's like, oh my God, no, I had like the same dream. And, um, Jack Jack says for crying out loud, which I realized Jack says a lot. That is like a Jack catchphrase. But I realized while watching this episode that if swearing were acceptable on TV in the time of Stargate, Jack's catchphrase would actually be <laughs> for fuck's sake, because that is how a he feels percent. all of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I literally as he starts to open his mouth i say for fuck's sake with him because like <laughs> that is where we're at because um, you know so um then they agree to meet but they have to do it after lights out so that no one catches them and um uh daniel asked jack if he had a dream and jack insinuates that he is having inappropriate dreams about samantha hold on for a second Sorry, there were people that were like heavy breathing and like it sounded like they were dropping couches like outside my door and I and it was much longer than I felt like it should have been. So I wanted to go judge. But they're gone now, so I guess they're fine. I guess they made it. Okay. I was concerned. But yeah, that, fine. that is concerning. Um almost as concerning as Jack thinking that uh 
he has any right to say that his dreams yeah. are not appropriate. Um, but so then Daniel continues to push this issue and he's like, do you remember the mines? And Jack's like, yeah. He's like, what did you do in the mines? He's like, I mind. I don't know what. <laughs> um, and Jack is um, incredibly yeah, obstinate. He's obstinate as shit. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Daniel says everything feels like a facade that if you ask too many questions, it will all just fall apart. Then why does he keep asking questions? Like, does he want it to fall apart? Does he want them to all die by the ice outside that he thinks is real? Maybe. Um, what is that even right? I wrote Sam calls Jack. Oh, sir. I, I, I it looks like it says in jam. I, I, it looks like it says jam. Sam calls Jack sin. And I was like, she calls him a sin. What does that even mean? She calls him, sir. He's like talking about something. And she's like, I don't think so, sir. And they're all like, why did you do that? Um, Super suspicious. <laughs> Super suspicious. Unfortunately, um, the moment of suspicion was also ruined for me by the fact that uh, Dan responded with, um, "Yes, Daddy," and, <laughs> and <laughs> making fun of her calling him "Sir," even though they were in a pseudo relationship. And I wanted to punch him. <laughs> you um, should have. <laughs> um, you deserve it. <laughs> but then back at SGC, Dr. Frazier is telling Hammond that everyone on Griff's team is fine, like, um, and he's stressing about the fact that SG1's missing and that um Calder needs them a lot more than he needs Calder. Like the tech from Calder would be great, but it seems to him that the resources Calder needs are actually more important and that he definitely feels like he has the upper hand. Um so he is having Major Griff create a uh, covert uh, search and rescue mission, and Dr. Frazier volunteers to go. He is look. She's yeah. ready to save the world. Correct. I'm um, still mad at that guy on that review seven years ago that said she was unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, that is an incorrect. Read. That's why I think every time something like this happens, I'm like, she's literally going to save the world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then at lunch, in the plant, Sam, Jack, and Daniel are um, comparing notes, and Jack starts having flashes to the dome outside of the city um, because one of the person people in the plant has a bowl that is dome shaped because that makes a fucking lick of sense. No, um, sense. no. Um, and then Teal'c is getting sicker from his uh, valve explosion thing. And the doctor or whatever is like, can I check his wound? And she's like, um, I forbid you from removing that bandage in any, like, for any reason. Which is mildly suspicious. It's a um, bit concerning. Yeah, I was concerned. I, I was concerned that they had tried to remove his snake and that's why he was getting sick. And that's why they wouldn't let him open uh... the the bandage um that was my initial concern uh obviously higher concern but yeah that i had yeah probably Um, better one obviously that is not what happened um and it makes it their solution their like reason of tilk being sick does also make sense but when i see tilk sick and not getting better i just assume somebody took junior out and that they were all fucked yeah yeah um but Jack starts having more and more memories, and he says that he remembers a bald man wearing short sleeves, and he thinks his name is Homer. And that might be one of my favorite lines. Um, I could not get past it. <laughs> Speaking of up. unnecessary pop culture references. <laughs> unnecessary pop culture, yes. No, the um, other day, uh, this is off topic. I'm so sorry. But I was watching The Masked Singer the last season, and my aunt was trying to get me to guess it. And she's like, who's famous for beer? And I was like, Homer Simpson, and it's not him. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Speaking of, I meant to ask you, did you watch the season premiere? 
I did. It didn't have anything on it, but the reveal of the guest star singer. Correct. It was a waste of my time. I did not watch last night's episode yet. So I haven't seen it yet either because we're watching it together. So we'll probably watch both episodes, not this weekend, but the next. But we stayed Mm. up late Saturday night because we finally finished season nine at like 1 a.m. We're like, we're going to watch season premiere today. So we aren't behind. And it was garbage. I didn't watch the season premiere until Saturday they revealed who the secret guest star was in the freaking commercials on Hulu when I was watching the other episodes. Oh, so, like, see, I, didn't. see, I a, was, don't have commercials on, I don't have commercials on Hulu, A, and B, oh, right. I don't, I was not behind, so I didn't watch the old episodes before I watched the new one. Um, but I hated that episode because it wasn't even part of the actual episode. Garbage. Like, it was so they better bad. not have a recap episode this season. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, that would be, oh my God. Anyway, also I was confused for a lot of it because I am still to this day confused about what Demi Lovato's pronoun choice is. I think, I think that she's changed them back to she. I think that happened about three or four months ago. Okay. Um, I could be wrong because I'm very bad right. at up with pop culture. Right. And but like I was like people. I, I vaguely like, remember that. Culture. I vaguely remember that happening. But then everyone was just like so confidently using she, not they. And I was like, wait, did did this happen? Are Is we this misgendering her? I was or? like, I'm confused. I'm so confused. Yeah, I'm like 90% sure that uh she changed her pronouns back to she her. Like within like the past five or six months. I don't, I, I don't know. Somebody asked me if I listened to the new Selena Gomez song the other day. I was like, I didn't even know there was a new Selena Gomez song. And I didn't There's a new Selena Apparently. Gomez song. I think it's her album. I've just yeah. been too busy watching Only Murders in the Building and thinking of her I'm as mate, as Mabel to know. I do need to I, watch that, but I've been finishing I, my Paramount Plus. Yeah. I got four of Blue Bloods now. Okay. Um, back to the show that we're talking back about to the on this, so this podcast. And no, it's fine. Um, so um, Jack and Sam are like cuddling a little bit while they're having this conversation. And Sam says that like being with Jack is at least the, like one good thing that they have. And he says that like he knows that her feelings for her aren't isolated to this place. He like has memories of feelings for her too. And um, it's really sad and beautiful. And um, I, I looked at Dan. I go, I forgot just how fucking hard season four went on the Jack and Sam thing. <laughs> like they have gone hard on this. We're not even like next next week is our halfway episode. Yeah, we're not even halfway, <laughs> and this is the fourth episode this season that is like this yeah. is a thing. Um, yeah. So then Brenna tells Calder that Teal is dying. And that the rest of the team has been meeting in secret and she thinks that they're like figuring it out and she's going to redo their memory stamp. And he's like, no, it's fine. Let them, I think it's time that we had a conversation. This guy. Okay. Um, then while trying to fall asleep, Jack suddenly has a dream and remembers finding out all about the workers and the slaves and his attack of the city in the first place and his angry feelings toward administrator Calder and um then he tries to tell Sam what's going on but they're asked to report to Brenna um they also take Teal'c upstairs even though he's not like awake yet and the four of them are all in Brenna's office and Brenna is like he's dying and Daniel just goes Kel no Reen I burst out loud. I was like, <laughs> and she's like, "What is that?" He said, "I have no idea." <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and Jack's like, "I do. I know what that is." <laughs> so they explain it, and they explain what is happening to Teal'c and why he needs it to be alive. Um, I feel like it is not uncommon for Daniel Jackson to just blurt things out <laughs> in situations, but it always catches me off guard every time and i can't i laugh every time um and then they're like 
blah, blah, blah. Like, this is not real. And she's like, you're right. It's not. She just like openly is like, yes, we have in fact brainwashed you. Um, You are correct. Your memories are coming back. It is a thing. Um, You need to go home. And as soon as you're home, your memories will start to come back even faster. Um, And so she's like, here, this way through the Stargate. Oh, JK. Administrator Calder comes in and tries to shoot everyone. Yeah. Well, you know, can't ever be that easy. Right. Um, And then the rest of SG-1 just like suddenly remembers that they are soldiers in time to beat the shit out of Administrator Calder and everyone with his stuff and take the guns and um, hold him hostage and tell everyone um, that in the plant that he is a terrible person and blows his cover and offers to rescue all of the workers. Um, and he's like, but what will that do for the economy of the planet? You're destroying the lifestyle. And Jack's like, wow, heartbroken. So sad. Um, <laughs> and then we have a really awkward, sad moment where Jack and Sam like say goodbye to the potential of their relationship again. Again. Um, and go back home. Yep. And uh, yeah, that is the end of the episode. Perfect. So, uh, what do you want to punch? Oh, I mean, Calder. My dad. Oh. He started a whole cult bunker. Yeah. Um, he is the correct person because it is, he, it does have mad President Snow vibes. Um, but because I knew you would pick him, I picked the only mm-hmm. other acceptable person to punch, and that is Kagan. Yeah. Because yeah, she, she wasn't like, trying to end the world but she sucks as a person yeah and because also when um they tried to explain to the workers what was happening she's like they're lying oh because i forgot the way that he finally proves it to the workers is that he shoots (laughs) the window up top and um ice and snow does not fall out and they do not immediately die yeah and then she finally is like oh just kidding okay so she sucks um who is your MVP? So I think the correct answer is Jack, but I'm going to go with Major Griff because he's the only one that was like, all these people are lunatics. They would never do this. Why Why can no one just understand that they would never do this? Um, I don't actually think the correct answer is Jack. Um, oh, I see, I think the correct answer is Daniel. Because while Jack is the one who does finally put all the pieces together and save the day, Daniel is the one who refuses to let the idea go that there's something more going on. And he is the one who, like, pushes Sam and Jack to figure it out. Um, That is true. I just wanted to punch him in the face just because he was, like, if I was in that situation, I would want to punch him in the face. Oh, yeah. No, if I was Teal'c, I would for sure punch him in the face. But as me, I think I can give him the MVP of the episode. Fair. Um, Fair. Um, I would ask if you had any predictions, but like, what the fuck Absolutely. else could happen? Um, I do have some trivia, and most of it we kind of already discussed about. Um, one was the tour name. Mm-hmm. Um, one was the Simpsons reference. Uh, one um, when Jack said in another life, I think I handled explosives. That is a direct reference to the fact that MacGyver was a bomb tech, um, which mm-hmm. I obviously geeked out about. And then uh Daniel and Doug and my Daniel, not Daniel Jackson, Dan and Doug was, I mean they were like <laughs> MacGyver was a bomb tech. And it's like, did we not watch MacGyver? What did, I don't understand. I have MacGyver. MacGyver, but I did know that. But that's because I talk about MacGyver <laughs> way too often. Um, and then the only other reference, um, the only other thing that I have is that this episode is vaguely based on the 1927 film Metropolis. Um, and that there's also a two part Star Trek episode that has a very similar plot also based on Metropolis that 
actually didn't come out until 2001, even though they were made Ooh. for about the same season. So this did come out first. Uh-huh. Um, it was first. Yeah. So um, that's all I have. Um, next week's episode has a very um, exciting guest star. Um, Don DeLuise. It is not. It is actually not someone that we've ever talked about on the podcast before, but it is someone that I know that when we do talk about it, you'll be excited about. Um, I'll try. Not Don DeLuise, but I'll try. I was just, someone was just talking about Don DeLuise. What was I watching? Is it me? (laughs) No, I was watching an interview. Someone was talking about comedians being somewhere and they said what the shit was i watching (laughs) you were having a fever dream that is very possible that i just imagined it because i do not know what it was so um yeah um but what i do know is that if you have any thoughts, theories, questions, concerns, you can email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can follow us on all the social medias at deathandaliens. You can follow me everywhere at E-N-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at cecloud13. And we will see you on Thursday for the season finale of The Exorcist. Yay! Bye! Bye!